Hello, and welcome to the Blockchain.com podcast. Uh, my name is Nicholas Carey. I'm the co-founder and vice chairman of Blockchain.com. Here at Blockchain.com, we hand-select some of the most popular cryptocurrencies for you to buy, sell, swap, trade, and hold right within the world's most popular cryptocurrency wallet, the Blockchain.com wallet. But what makes each one of these assets uh, we list so special? Uh, what problems are they working on in the real world? And why are people using them? And maybe what does a roadmap look like for each project going into the future? So from founders to developers to foundations, we'll hear from the brains behind these protocols themselves to find out why their asset is worth paying attention to. So today I'm uh, joined by Justin Rice, head of ecosystem at the Stellar Development Foundation to discuss the open source decentralized protocol Stellar and its native token Stellar Lumen. For those of you that don't know, Stellar was founded in 2014, uh, and since then, uh, Stellar Lumen, uh, the native token abbreviated as XLM on most uh, crypto brokerages or exchanges, has appreciated over 4,000%. So today it has a market cap of over 3 billion, and Stellar has one of the longest uh, running track records in crypto. So uh, welcome to the podcast, Justin. We're really excited to have you. Thanks. Great to be here. Okay, cool. So we have a little tradition around here um, to get started, just to break the ice. Uh, we always like to find out how uh, one started their sort of entrepreneurial journey. And uh, so we want to learn how you earned your first buck uh, or euro or pound or peso or whatever it was. Uh, what was sort of that moment where you're like, ah, money is in the world and I, I should get some. When I was a kid, I was really into this series of books called Encyclopedia Brown. He's a detective, a kid detective. And so I decided that I would be like Encyclopedia Brown and I'd set up a detective agency. So I decided that I would go around the neighborhood and leave cards and basically say, if you have a mystery that you need solved, contact me. So um, my neighbors did start calling. Um, mostly, they, I think they were just charmed by the idea. And so they would do things like our next door neighbor threw a basketball into our backyard and said, you know, I need help finding my basketball. That was the first case case of the missing basketball. <laughs> and so I found the basketball and I returned it and I charged 50 cents. So it wasn't a full buck, but that was my first entrepreneurial sort of uh, endeavor. Well, I have to say I've done a lot of these and that might be one of the more clever uh, founding stories of a young detective entrepreneurial career. <laughs> uh, I really like that one. Cool. Okay. Let's fast forward a little bit. So um, from solving the mysteries of uh you know, uh, the neighborhood um, to entering the world of crypto, you know, how did you first learn about cryptocurrency and what was sort of your journey uh, to, to discovering that? I've known Jed McCaleb, who is the founder of Stellar uh, for a really long time. And I knew him back when he was first discovering uh, Bitcoin. There was only Bitcoin. And he actually opened a big Bitcoin exchange called um, Mt. Gox. Uh, and I knew him before that, right? I knew him when he was just starting to investigate, when he was just reading the white paper, when he was enamored of the idea of digital currency, when he was sort of enamored of the idea of these consensus mechanisms and, and trustless money. And so he, he was always talking about it. And I found it super interesting, but it just felt very uh, outside of anything that like I could be involved with. And so... Um, several years went by and as you know, and I'd sort of just like follow along with his interest and see what was going on in his life. And I watched as blockchain started to explode and I happened around the same time to get interested in just programming. Like I taught myself to code. And so, you know, there was a point probably about five years ago where 
I had I'd sort of followed Jed along with Jed's, you know, as he's as he'd been interested, and actually learned something that kind of prepared me for, to be a, a useful contributor to the blockchain e- ecosystem. And so I started looking for ways to actually do more. Um, and so it, it was kind of those two things. It was like knowing Jed early on, and then developing a skill set that was like relevant, and then realizing that not only if if you know how to code, like blockchain in general is a very very interesting space. Because there are a lot of unsolved problems, there's a lot of thinking that's pretty bleeding edge, and there's a lot left to do. And so, for me, as someone who's interested in participating in, you know, something that's like intellectually challenging, um, that was sort of the moment where I switched from being a, a follower of a friend's interests into being someone who was an active participant. Cool. Yeah, I think that there's sort of that interesting role that like a Sherpa plays to sort of guide people to crypto. And I think it's really intimidating for people that didn't necessarily have a computer science background or don't know how they can work uh, in such a potentially technology sort of centric, um, you know, uh, industry. But the reality is that it does take a huge village to build movements, uh, to build the technologies, to develop the artwork and the storytelling and the educational resources and much more. And so there are more opportunities in many ways today than there have been at any point in crypto's story. Um, okay, well, let's talk a little bit about this transition to the Stellar Development Foundation. Um, what is your role there? Tell, tell us a bit about what the foundation's uh, kind of mission and purpose is and, and how, it's comp- uh, how it's composed. Stellar is public infrastructure. It's, it's the blockchain technology that is open source and open participation, and anyone can build products and services on it. Anyone can use it to issue an asset. Um, and it is not something that we, the foundation, own, right? The Stellar Development Foundation is a nonprofit entity that supports the growth and development of the Stellar network. And we, are, we have a mission, which is to create equitable access to the world's financial infrastructure. And so our goal is basically to advance that mission by promoting the usage of the network itself. Um, the network is designed to really uh, do, do that, right? It is designed with payments in mind. It is designed to represent real world currencies. It is designed to, to provide better access and to reduce friction involved in a lot of, especially cross-border payments. And so, yeah, the foundation supports the network, the network anyone can build on. It is specifically tooled for payments. My role as head of ecosystem is that I try to support the ecosystem of projects that are building on Stellar. Um, a lot of that means I work you know, with a DevRel team. We, do, we create one-to-many resources, specifically documentation, tutorials, um, but we also, in my role, I also do a lot to, to sort of uh, help shepherd some of the grant programs that we have because the foundation has a mandate to sort of distribute funds to, to individuals and organizations that are having a meaningful impact on the network. Um, I also work a lot to coordinate actual network participation. So the network is decentralized. There are all these different organizations that actually participate by running these validators, the, the actual computers that, that sort of keep track of the blockchain itself and that add transactions to it. And there's a fair amount of just like coordination that has to happen um, to make sure everything's running smoothly. They, these are independent organizations, but a lot of what I do is just help connect them and keep them, you know, help help define best practices for them and make sure that they're actually running their infrastructure correctly. Um, and then, you know, finally, I, I, in my role, I, I also work a lot with the businesses that are building on Stellar. Um, and, you know, a lot of that is, is sort of being a resource to help them um, understand how best to use the network and to understand how to navigate all the different projects that are built on the network. Um, and 
again, also I sort of help to uh, provide information to them so that they can, that they can work. Like I'm, I'm often working with um, businesses that are more grassroots, like people that come to build on Stellar and helping them to grow. Independent of me within the organization, there's more like BD teams that actually go out and find businesses. So basically that's, I'm sort of cultivating the grassroots level, creating one to many resources, helping um, developers understand how to navigate Stellar, helping to coordinate the network itself, and then also sort of helping to distribute funds to uh, encourage ecosystem growth. Cool. It sounds like a really interesting job, like an air traffic controller, part community organizer, part educational resource, uh, part growth and, and partnership. Um, yeah, and, and sometimes sometimes fire fireman. Right? Like there's, <laughs> yeah. there's often fires to put out. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it is very, very interesting. And, and I do have like, a, it's a great role because I get to work with people inside the foundation across all the different teams, you know, engineers and legal marketing and the BD people. But I also get to work with similar people outside of the foundation itself. So, you know, all the different projects building on Stellar, oftentimes I'm interacting with them, um, talking with them, supporting them. And so I get to meet a lot of different people and hear from a lot of different perspectives. It's, that's, uh, I think one of the things that's so interesting about crypto is how it can bring stakeholders from such different parts of the world together um, in common purpose. We'll get into that a little bit. So um, you mentioned that your uh, your Sherpa or shepherd into all this was uh, Jed McCaleb. I want to talk a little bit about him, um, but uh, let's start maybe, you know, uh, who created Stellar? What was sort of the original motivation as you understand it? Yeah, I, you mentioned this at the top, but Stellar was created in 2014. It was uh, Jed and Caleb and Joyce Kim started Stellar. Originally, um, Jed was also a, a co-founder of Ripple. Um, and originally, Stellar was actually a fork of Ripple. It used Ripple D, which is the Ripple protocol. Um, but in 2015, shortly after the launch of, of Stellar, um, Jed actually met up with uh, David Maziris, who is a, a professor at, uh, of computer science at Stanford. And uh, David redesigned, like wrote an entirely new consensus protocol, the Stellar consensus protocol. So in 2015, Stellar sort of relaunched um, as not as a fork of Ripple, as an entirely independent blockchain. Um, and it's, you know, it has sort of different values um, and different uh, design than, than Ripple did. Uh, Stellar is set up so that it's open participation. Basically, anyone can run a, a validator node and the validator nodes use this federated Byzantine agreement system, which is sort of a fancy way of saying there is a, a protocol that allows those nodes to vote um, to ratify transactions. And all that sort of came from um, David, who wrote the, the Stellar Consensus Protocol white paper. So really, the Stellar, as we know, it launched in 2015. Cool. It okay. was, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I don't think I, I, I didn't really ever think of it as sort of like a launch and then sort of a rebirth. But in many ways, that's exactly what happened. Um, so the major change is being essentially more uh, open participatory uh, interaction with the community and uh, basically reducing the barriers to who could actually participate. Yeah, that, that's the outcome. I, the, the actual physical or, or sort of practical component of that is like it's an entirely different code base, right? So the yep. code itself that the computers run to like keep the blockchain going is, is, was written from the ground up. And those were the goals to make it, uh, to make it sort of more efficient, easier to, to participate in and to reduce control of any centralized authority. 
Got it. So um, just for folks out there that maybe have heard about Bitcoin or Ripple, for example, um, how would you describe like the kind of, uh, you said the values or the product market fit um, that sort of differentiates uh, Stellar from those other two projects? Stellar is designed uh, to allow people to issue their own assets. So most of the Stellar ledger, which is what we call the block. So it's like, if you picture the Stellar ledger, it's sort of like a spreadsheet with accounts, and ba- as rows and and balances as columns, right? But those balances can be in any currency that's issued on the network. And Stellar was designed to make it incredibly easy to create your own asset and for people to hold that asset. Uh, and those assets, not only can they, like, so anyone can do it, it actually takes about five minutes. Like anyone listening right now could go create a Stellar asset. But the intention is actually to also create mechanisms that allow those assets to connect to traditional financial infrastructure to be um, essentially uh, reserved back uh, stable coins. So what that means is that generally financial institutions issue an asset on Stellar that represents a real world fiat currency. And generally you can deposit into their bank account and they will issue the equivalent amount of that asset on the network. So it sort of is creates digital versions of real-world currencies. Um, Seller also has built into it uh, markets so that you can uh, exchange those currencies. And so the goal is basically there are currently all these different um, financial systems, right? Every currency, every country, every region has its own sort of rails. So in the U.S., we have something called ACH. In Europe, they have something called SEPA. Oftentimes, especially as you start to look Throughout the world, those currency systems are pretty siloed. They don't connect very well. And so the idea is if you plug them all into one platform, right, that allows for universal asset issuance and allows those assets to be exchanged, it suddenly becomes very, very easy to basically um, get onto the network in your local currency. And then you can make a payment um, and convert while making that payment to a different asset so that the end user gets and gets their local currency. And the result here is that there is sort of uh, no intermediaries for cross-border and cross-asset payments. So it's really right. designed to reduce all of the friction of cross-border payments and to make it so that people all over the world can access the network in order to be able to make those payments without having to um, use the sort of siloed and inefficient current financial system. Yep. So I think that universal asset issuance on top of a payment network that's global and interoperable um, that can be accessed by anybody is such a powerful use case um, for anyone that's ever tried to move money from SEPA to faster payments to ACH or try to make a remittance payment. They'll know that the frictional costs are not only time consuming, but actually uh, expensive. And so the use case here just in that one uh, little uh, area is is very significant. Um, Okay. Thank you for sharing that. So talk to us a little bit about the economic design of uh, the Stellar Network. So, uh, you know, um, we've done a lot of teaching here about how Bitcoin has a certain number of fixed units that will one day get mined. That'll be 21 million Bitcoin. And there's sort of this halvening process where every four years, there's half as much of that crypto coming into circulation. So it has sort of this uh, natural deflationary um, uh, market dynamic. How does uh, how does XLM work? You know, what is the what are the differences in the economic design? Um, talk us through a little bit about how that works. Sure. Uh, the the first important thing to keep in mind is that Stellar is designed for the issuance of these stable coins and for people to transact in those stable coins. And so the role of XLM or Lumens 
it is really just a network token that has utility, right? And that utility is that it's used to pay transaction fees. So if you're familiar with Ethereum, you might think of that as gas, but transaction fees. Um, and also to, you actually have to pay, have a minimum balance to create a ledger entry. So what that means is that the lumens um, sort of help to price, uh, to make sure that people are using the blockchain network um, efficiently and considerately. And the, the fees and, and, the, and the reserve requirements are there to deter large scale bad actors. So, yep. you know, a blockchain is, is a big database and it's shared by a bunch of different people. And you want to make sure that people who are using it are using it as efficiently as possible. So there is like a built-in cost is necessary to just prevent people from flooding it with, you know, uh, with, with stuff that actually doesn't, doesn't matter, right? You don't just want to make it free to dump data into this shared database. So lumens are really that sort of gating mechanism or protective mechanism. And that is their role on the network. Um, again, what are, what, are you, what are you doing when you're on the network generally? You are actually holding other currencies and you are transacting in them to make these cross-border payments. The okay. Lumens, <laughs> yeah, and Lumens, unlike Bitcoin, um, which has mining, Lumens were actually pre-mined, which means from the, at the very beginning of the network, what's called the Genesis Ledger, the first time the network turned on, there were uh, 100 billion Lumens in, in, in existence. And in, I guess in 2019, um, after consulting sort of the, the ecosystem as a whole, we sort of, uh, the, the foundation actually burned 50 billion. So now there are 50 billion lumens that exist. Um, and the reason that we did that was because at the beginning of the network, there wasn't, there was just sort of a, a best guess estimate as to how many of these utility tokens would be necessary. It turned out to be a bit high. So those 50 billion lumens, originally they were all held by the foundation, um, but the foundation is in the, you know, has a mandate to distribute those lumens to support the development of the network. And, you know, it's, it's, it's super important that we, that when you're doing that, that you're very transparent. And so if you ever want to see what's going on with lumens um, and how they're being distributed and how SDF is doing and fulfilling its mandate, you can actually go to, you know, stellar.org. It's actually stellar.org slash foundation slash mandate. You will see, a list of all the active accounts, right? And all of the intended use cases for them. And you'll see how quickly we're distributing them. But so in the Stellar ecosystem, validators are miners. They, 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 don't, they don't create lumens, um, nor are they incentivized um, by lumens. Rather, the lumens existed from the beginning and they're being distributed in this very public way to support the network. Got it. Okay, so sort of a, a unique and different approach to um, the economic uh, fabric of it, but in um, in a lot of ways, you're seeing how it's supporting a very specific use case. I think mm -hmm. I get it. Okay, um, so let talk to me a little bit about this because one of the things I think uh, Stellar is famous for is actually kind of pioneering some of the widest scale airdrops um, and uh, helping bring millions of people uh, to learn about cryptocurrencies. So um, that seems like a pretty interesting mechanism, but how many people in the world, uh, in the best guess, do you think are using um, XLM today? What's sort of like, and, and what are the, and just to take that a little bit longer so you can elaborate on this, you know, what are the sort of the metrics or the proof points um, that you and the foundation are looking at um, to sort of uh, show evidence of adoption? And, and what are the things you're kind of uh, keen to see grow? Is it, you know, I don't know, number of unique addresses or transactions per second or the, the total value of, uh, you know, uh, stable coins that are uh, being transacted? What are the things you guys care about? So the, the number of accounts, if you look 
um, on Stellar Expert, which is a, a third-party block explorer, someone in the ecosystem build, built it and maintains it. Uh, I think it's around 7 million individual, 7 million accounts. Um, now, there's actually probably more users of, of the Stellar network beyond that because uh, like most um, blockchains, like not every person who uses it has their own unique account. Many people have pooled accounts. So, you know, they, they use a, a service. I'm not sure how, how you guys do it, but like where, where there's one account that sort of maps to many individual users. Yeah, so, a custodial service, for example, where there's one company that basically holds a balance for all of their users versus... Yeah individuals having uh, custody over their lumens. And exactly. And so those custodial services, I don't, you know, they're sort of a black box. Makes it hard to tell, yeah, how many people yeah. have access. So those custodial, you know, some custodial services may have a million account holders. I don't know. But the total number currently of individual Stellar accounts is about 7 million. Okay. Um, That's pretty significant. I think if you were to compare that to probably other ways of, you know, assessing adoption of cryptocurrencies, you'd find that uh, Stellar is probably one of the most widely adopted ones. And yeah, and, and if and if you look at, you know, there's there's also an interesting site called Real TPS that actually goes through. It's an independent source that calculates the actual throughput, the transactions per second that a blockchain has, and uh, that each blockchain has. And, and Stellar is, is way up there. I mean, it's you know, currently, I, I when I checked it yesterday, it was a hundred and something per second. Um, it's probably the second or third most transacted on blockchain. Uh, so there are a lot of, of live transactions happening on Stellar, and, and that is definitely something we as, as a foundation look to. Um, again, if, if Stellar is really designed for payments, one thing that we want to know is, are people making payments? And so looking at the total throughput, the number of transactions is, is definitely an important metric for us. Since its inception, there have been several billion Stellar transactions, and it, the, the rate at which they're increasing is, is really escalating. So, you know, it took... It took four years to get to a billion, right? And then eight months to get to two billion after that. So we are seeing a real increase in transaction volume. Specifically at, at the foundation, we actually sort of uh, keep a, curate a little internal list of um, assets that, that, that map that sort of link to or, or can be redeemed for real world financial instruments. So these kinds of stable coins. Um, that, that I mentioned earlier, and we actually look at the transaction volume of those specific assets as well. And we have definitely seen a massive increase in those sort of, we call them relevant assets because they are directly relevant to SDF mandate. Um, the, we, we've also seen a massive increase in, in, in sort of transactions in those assets as well, especially over the past eight months. That's super interesting. And uh, hearing about the velocity of the transaction volume speeding up, um, especially over the last you know, year where you're getting a lot of drum beats about a crypto winter um, is really encouraging. That's good to know. All right. Um, we had a question come in from a community member in advance of this, um, which was sort of a personal one for you to answer, uh, Mike. So the question is, what does decentralization mean to you and why is it important? That's a really good question. It's a really big question. Um, <laughs> and I think to me, there's actually two different types of decentralization. There's on-chain decentralization or network decentralization, and then there's off-chain decentralization or ecosystem decentralization. Um, on-chain decentralization, a, a blockchain network is basically a, a, a ledger 
that is kept by a bunch of different computers, right? And those computers use a consensus algorithm to update and add transactions to that ledger, but they all sort of keep track of it and they keep each other honest. And so there are a lot of different ways to, to view decentralization, and there are a lot of different ways to sort of incentivize decentralization. And Stellar has an interesting model because its consensus protocol doesn't encourage anonymous validators. You actually, when you, when you run a validator, you actually follow this sort of um, protocol to identify that you run that validator. And since it's really set up for financial transactions, most of the people that run validators are uh, financial institutions, issuers, or applications that are built on Stellar. And so for us, the goal is basically to have all of the main sort of uh, service companies and service providers that build on Stellar validate transactions and to be part of the sort of vote to ratify adding new transactions to the ledger. And so in a lot of networks that are more anonymous, the goal is just to have some high number of validators. But in Stellar, there's this idea that you have to actually have real world reputation to get sort of the trust that, that is required for the consensus protocol. And so what we want is actually known entities to be validating and for there to be enough high quality entities that are known and recognizable to network participants and to network users for, their, for the network to be um, very fault tolerant and, and also to be sort of very clear in, its, uh, in terms of who is validating. And so for me, in a way, decentralization is you have enough entities that have something at stake, in this case, real world reputation, that keeps them honest. Um, and you have enough of them so that, the, you know, if any one of them or any number of them have issues validating, say they, they, they go offline, the network can continue to function. Um, so decentralization is about really sort of reputable, for, from Stellar's point of view, is really about reputable entities and a sufficient number of them for the network to sort of be robust and highly fault tolerant. Got it. Thank you for that answer. Okay, so um, we want to hear what the roadmap looks like for the next, you know, six to twelve months, to the extent that you can share some known things that are happening or things that uh, you know followers of uh, the Stellar Foundation uh, and Stellar specifically should be excited about. Um, what's on the roadmap that we should be paying attention to? There are two key areas that I'm very excited about. I mean, there's a lot going on, but there are two key areas that I'm really excited about, and the first is around access. So. You know, as I said, the, the mission of the foundation is to create equitable access to the world's financial infrastructure. And recently, um, MoneyGram, which is you know a a, a, a brick and or a, a worldwide institution um, that has agent locations in four hundred thousand different agent locations in hundreds of countries and serves over one hundred fifty million customers, recently they integrated with Stellar. And what that means is that you can. If you are the builder of any sort of Stellar wallet or Stellar application, you can actually basically plug into MoneyGram to allow users to access to, to onboard onto the network, right, with cash. So people can walk into a MoneyGram location, put cash on the counter, and get a, a USDC, a, a digital dollar balance in a Stellar wallet. And what this means is that there's a whole huge segment of the world's economy um, that sort of operates in the cash economy, you know, this informal economy, they don't necessarily have access to banks or to credit histories. Their ability to actually onboard via uh, more traditional crypto rails, right, exchanges, 
is 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 impaired because they just don't they can't transfer money from a bank account. They don't have a bank account to do it. So access, right? MoneyGram um, access really increases the ability for people to cash in and cash out of of the digital uh, economy. And right now we launched that earlier this year, I guess in June. And right now, it's, I don't know, maybe 11 countries are live for cash in and some number for cash out. But by the end of the year, it's going to be everywhere, right? So Stellar now wow. will have these cash access points everywhere in the world. Cool. What's the other thing? You said there were, and there were a lot going yeah. on. Give us one more. We need one more nugget. <laughs> so the second thing is uh, smart contracts. Um, now, as I, you know, in the beginning, Stellar was designed with this very, with this specific purpose for cross-border payments. And the idea was to just use a very limited repertoire of transactions. So there's only so much you can do on Stellar. Um, and while we've stuck to that for a long time and had a lot of traction and really improved things in terms of access and those cross-border payments, the ecosystem, the, the, all the different companies and developers that were building on Stellar were always clamoring for smart contracts. So Ethereum, it's sort of the, the, the where, where smart contracts originated in blockchain or, and smart contracts essentially allow you not just to use the fixed set of transactions that Stellar has, they actually allow you to write code that can be executed on the blockchain. And so it opens up this whole world for innovation. Like no longer are you just like sort of choosing from, from this um, boilerplate set of transactions, you can start to craft more interesting transactions with their own computational logic, right? You can write a computer program to kind of do a lot. So we actually are built recently um, released the first version of the, of a uh, smart contracts platform. It's called Soraban. And it is right now it's in an early preview state. So you can actually go experiment with it, but it won't really be live until and in production until probably early next year. And I think the very cool thing about this, right? Many other blockchains have smart contracting platforms. Um, but by adding one to Stellar, what we're suddenly doing is taking that access, right? And adding to it the ability to actually do a lot more with your digital uh, balance once you have it. So this means, you know, put those two things together. Someone can cash into MoneyGram and then they can take their, the, the digital representation or the USDC, the digital stablecoin that they get, and they can suddenly start using it in all kinds of DeFi applications. Um, to do things like, you know, borrow and lend or, uh, you know, put money into like sort of liquidity pools that 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 pay out some sort of um, premium for for uh, providing liquidity against transactions. All, all of these kinds of things that DeFi enables will soon be built in to Stellar. Um, and combined with access, I think it, it creates a pretty special opportunity um, to bring a lot of the rest of the world into um, sort of DeFi and blockchain. Got it. Well, for Stellar Lumens, it sounds like the, the future looks bright. <laughs> Forgive the pun. Um, so, all right. Well, thank you so much. Um, I think the big takeaway for the community here today is really to talk about the, the sort of foundational values of creating this uh, accessible fabric for the world's financial infrastructure, uh, a long track record of delivering against that mission, um, and then a constant uh, drive toward innovation, with uh, which sounds like um, two things in, that are coming down the pipeline, which is uh, a whole bunch of whole new on-ramps for accessibility via the MoneyGram partnership. Uh, and then secondly, the smart contract platform, Saraban, uh, which we'll keep an eye on and uh, probably get you to come back and talk to us about 
uh, at the early stages of, uh, of next year, if that's when it goes live. A couple links that people should know about, Stellar.org. Um, we also mentioned uh, StellarExpert.com, a block explorer uh, dedicated to the Stellar network. Um, so uh, we'd like to thank everyone for joining us today. If you're excited about what you heard, you can buy, sell, swap, trade, and hold Stellar Lumens right within your Blockchain.com wallet. Please visit Blockchain.com to get started today. Thank you so much. And I'd like to extend a special thank you, of course, uh, to Justin Rice for joining us today. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Blockchain.com podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please like and subscribe to the show. And if your friends and family are embarking on their crypto journey, why not share this episode with them? If you haven't already, visit Blockchain.com to sign up for a free crypto wallet today. We've been around since 2011, and we're the world's most popular way to buy, sell, and trade crypto. See you next time.